Hey guys, it's Sim and this is Pro Wrestling Unlimited as we are here on the 1st of June 2022 to talk about everything that went down tonight on AEW Dynamite. No, woo, I'm going to say it right now. I'm going to say it right now. This was a fantastic episode of AEW Dynamite. This show was so good. I need to give me one second. I need to change something really fast. That was loud. This show, whenever they say the best Raws are the Raw after WrestleMania, no, this was better than than a Raw after WrestleMania in a long time. This is better than a Raw after WrestleMania has been in a very long time. Like this Dynamite after Double or Nothing was fantastic this show was so good so good may have been and i saw other people say this on twitter as well may have been the best first hour of an episode of dynamite ever i'm gonna say that right now may have been the best first hour of an episode of dynamite we've ever seen like this show was just so good and why did i just lose the twitch chat where the heck did it go there we go. There's the Twitch chat. That was weird. But this show was fantastic. MJF is a freaking god. Like, that promo he cut, everyone's going to say, that was his pipe, but that was better than the pipe bomb. That was better than the pipe bomb. And I sent out a tweet. I want to read this tweet. Actually, I'll wait till we get to the MJF segment to talk about this and read this tweet because I think some people misunderstood what I was trying to ask with this tweet. But I'm going to say, well, thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, and Twitter.com forward slash PW Unlimited. Remember, if you are watching on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out either by hitting that donate button down below or donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can subscribe with a tiered subscription. But if you say, I ain't got the money, well, you got you do have Amazon Prime, maybe? Or know somebody that does? Because remember, it doesn't even have to be your Amazon Prime account. It could be anybody's Amazon Prime account. You take that Amazon Prime account. You take your Twitch account. You link them together. Bada bing, bada boom. Your Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games. Actually, let's see if the free games have changed. Also, Ethan, the polls are live, bud. The polls are live. Look at the top of the chat here on YouTube. Let's see what the free games are right now for Twitch. I know they changed this month. You get Far Cry 4, Escape from Monkey Island, WRC 8, Bleco and a couple other games, but getting Far Cry 4 for free and Mon Escape from Monkey Island. Whew, two great games right there. Two great games right there. But also remember that they give you, well, one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you subscribed right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. On the flip side, if you're watching over on YouTube, you can help us out over there as well with a super chat or a super sticker donation. 
Remember, all Super Chats do get read live on the air. Also, remember that you can hit that Join button down below to become a channel member. As a channel member, you get early access to news, early access to podcast episodes, early access to non-news videos, and so much more. Like last week, we gave you access to our AEW Double or Nothing graphics package. You got the Photoshop files for that one, and tomorrow... I will be putting up, maybe tonight, probably tomorrow, I will be putting up our WWE Hell in a Cell graphics package as well. You will get both the Photoshop and the After Effects files because I did more with it in After Effects than I really did with Photoshop. But also remember, if you want all that, but you want to more directly support us and have it in a more easier way to find everything, then head over to patreon.com forward slash Unlimited. Also, I do want to let you guys know that WWE today announced the return date for the A&E biography series. And for subscribers, either channel members or Patreon subscribers, well, we'll be doing reviews of each of those every week. And then we'll be doing one overall review, like a season review at the end, to talk about all of them in comparison and which one we thought was better and this and that. They've got episodes about... Undertaker and the Bella Twins and Edge, um, Kurt Angle, and a couple of others, Lex Luger, and one or two others I can't remember off the top of my head right now. But we will be doing um, reviews for each of those. Each episode will get a review. Those will be for member subscribers or Patreon subscribers. Then at the end of the season, we will be doing an overall season review for A&E WWE Biography which will be early access for people subscribed either as a member or with Patreon. And then we'll go out a little bit later for everybody else just on YouTube. So I did want to let you guys know that that's some more exclusive content you will be getting going forward. If you subscribe, patreon.com forward slash Unlimited. And finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and, well, buy something, please. Whether that is a new game, an old game, claim the free games, or get bucks. Get bucks. For Fortnite, Rocket League, or Fall Guys. You get the bucks. Then ask if you have a creator code. You do. It's PW Unlimited. Again, PW Unlimited. Okay, Ballard, I didn't see them say Eddie Guerrero. They do have a Rey Mysterio episode, but I didn't see Eddie Guerrero. Anyways, we got a jam-packed episode of Dynamite to talk about. So let's jump in and talk about that show right here, right now. Now, also remember the polls are live at the top of the chat. And if you want to text in, you can text in to 510-906-1341. Again, that's 510-906-1341. The number is right here at the bottom of the screen. And we'll scroll periodically throughout the show to remind you the number as well. But the show itself kicked off with, well, what most Dynamites have been kicking off with, Cult of Personality. CM Punk is the first one to come out. He walks out on the stage. He's got his belt. The AEW world title around his waist. And he takes it off, looks over, and jumps into the crowd. Almost nuts himself on the barricade, but he was fine. He kind of like had a awkwardness getting off where I thought, well, crap, did he just mess up his leg? But no, he was fine. But the way he got off the barricade out of the crowd was a little weird. He then stays at the top of the ramp and waits for FTR to make their way out as well. Out then come their opponents. They took on Max Caster as well as Austin and Colton Gunn. And they did the stupid stuff with the gun club where Max Caster does his rap and this and that. 
and then they give the microphone to Austin Gunn, and he goes, Sacramento! And his brother goes, no, 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 that's wrong. San Diego! And then you got to get Bones going, give me that, let me show you how to do it right. Los Angeles! And then he does the thing with, he does the thing with, 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 with Billy, the whole, they all claim to have arrived. I'm like, all right, that's already, they've done that, what, three times now? It's already overstayed, it's welcome. It's not funny anymore. They think they are. The gun club is our truth getting the city name wrong. Like, really? Really? But regardless, six-man tag team match, great opening contest. I thought this match was great. So Dax and Austin started it off, and the former got the advantage before tagging in his FTR partner. Colton tagged in as well before being taken down by Cash. Finally, Caster and Punk tagged in. Punk and FTR were able to isolate Caster as Cash came in with a second rope power slam for a two. The gun Club used a two-on-one attack on Dax to regain control. Billy Gunn tried to get involved with a right hand while the official was distracted. Dax made a one-man comeback on everyone, but partners were pulled off the apron before he could make the tag to get out. Then they had picture-picture commercial break, and during that break, there was an excellent heartfelt promo from Bowens about Pride Month. That It was like a commercial they aired. It was a Warner Media commercial about Pride Month and this and that. It was phenomenal. AEW also has another Pride Month video that they put on their social media about how all people are included in AEW. All people are allowed in AEW and this and that. Great video. Great video with the, the one with just Bowens and a great video of the one with multiple roster members on their social media. Once back from the break, Funk was given the hot tag. He slipped on the springboard in a way, but was able to take down the gun club on his own before assisting Cash on a dive. Funk then landed a top rope elbow drop and called for the GTS, but Billy hopped up on the apron to cause a distraction. Austin rolled Punk up for a two, but then Punk powerbombed Austin into Billy. A GTS, there's a GTS, and then a big rig they got FTR and Punk, the big victory. Then, promo after the match. So after the match, Punk said that he's never done drugs in his life, but he imagines this is what it feels like. He said there's still lots to do, and he has to keep getting better. He says you call him a lot of things, but now you can call him the champ. Dak said that professional wrestling means the world to him, and his family is in attendance and is the only thing that means more. These ROH tag team titles are everything, and it doesn't matter if you're from this company or another company, he wants them, and he wants to wrestle them. Punk then turns his attention to Forbidden Door. He said, New Japan Pro Wrestling. I know you got people back there. Tell me, who do I have? And out would come the ace. We hear over the loudspeaker, go ace, and out comes one of the greatest to ever do it in New Japan Pro Wrestling, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Tanahashi makes his way out onto the ramp. He does his, you know, his little finger up pose like he normally does. Then he pointed at Punk, who posed with the AEW World Championship. And whoo! That match is going to be so good. That match, Punk versus Tanahashi at Forbidden Door. Now, let me go check the AEW Twitter account really fast. I don't think they have said 100% quote-unquote the match is official. 
But let's just check the AW Twitter account really fast. Uh, Tanahashi did tweet out, I have a key to open the forbidden door. And it's the side-by-side -side deal of him on one side and Punk on the other. The photo. But I don't see anywhere where... I mean, I assume this is the match. They wouldn't have teased it like this if it wasn't. But they didn't actually say it's 100% official. They just The only thing they've said really was... Look who just answered CM Punk's challenge. It's the ace, Tanahashi, from New Japan. AEW Dynamite is live on TBS. So they haven't officially like put out the graphic to say this match is official... Or Forbidden Door. No matches 100% officially been announced yet. So then they run down the card for the rest of the show and say, oh, and next we're going to hear from MJF. And I go, oh, this is going to be interesting. This is going to be very interesting. And boy, was this Amazing. I see some people trying to compare it to the pipe bomb. You can't. You can't compare this to CM Punk's pipe bomb. In my opinion, pipe bomb, great. A great promo. But this, and the way MJF delivered it, and it may be because of his delivery and the crowd reaction. I mean, that's a California crowd if I ever heard one. And I said, like I said, may have been his delivery. I thought this was better than the CM Punk pipe bomb. In the Monday Night Raw pipe bomb, I thought this was an all-time promo. Like, one of the best I have ever witnessed watching on, on air live. And so we need a little context for all of this. A couple of months ago, CM Punk did an interview with Ariel Hawani and talked about how, well, uh, my contract's up in 2024. Well, then we found out that Tony Khan was mad at him for this. We're more upset because he didn't ask to do the interview. He just did it without permission. Tony was like, I would have gave you permission, but you need to da-da-da-da-da. Anyways. So ever since then, we have heard that MJF was upset with AEW over how much he's being paid. About how he is one of, if not the top guy in this company. If not number two. As far as ratings and all that stuff does go. But he's not being paid like some of these other guys that have come in after him that are just prior WWE guys, and according to Wade Keller, he's not getting paid as much as guys like Mark Henry and Christian Cage. He's gotten a raise over the last couple of years, but still not to what he thinks he should be getting paid. So then on Saturday, he no-showed the, the um, meet and greet and all of that, and he showed up at Dynamite. As soon as his match was over, or not Dynamite, double or nothing, but as soon as his match was over, he left. He reportedly had a... um meeting with Tony Khan last night in Vegas, and then, well, no, Monday night in Vegas, Then last night it was reported that, well, hey, MJF's been spotted in LA, MJF came out tonight, and whoa, buddy, whoa, buddy, so MJF's music plays, he starts walking down the ramp, he's about halfway down the ramp, and he's like, cut it, cut it, he said that he's here tonight as Max Friedman. Took off the scarf, threw it down. He, teased, he said, you know, there's a lot of talk about a merger. And there's some big wigs here tonight. Would be bad if uh, something bad happened on your show, huh? Talked about the Warner Media executives will discover Warner Media executives. Said they wouldn't sit down and meet with TK. So when AEW started, it was all friends wrestling. 
Everyone was invited except for him. He thought everything he touches turns to gold. He said nobody's capable of carrying the company on their back like he has for the last couple of months. He insulted the fans, essentially calling them fickle. He said that the boys in the back are part of the problem too. MGF called the fans uneducated marks and said, you don't know shit. He said that he's the only safe wrestler here. He ain't over here jumping around, flipping around, dropping people on their heads, hoping that they're not hurt after their match. He said that he's the best in the world at what he does. He also said that he is the top minute-to-minute draw as far as ratings do go here in AEW. He's like, if you don't believe me, ask the stat man in the back, the boss. Because you know, uh, he won't talk to you about money because he's, what's the word, what did he use? He said he's hedging or hoarding. He's hoarding all that money for his ex-WWE guys that's, that keep coming in here. He's, he's keeping all that money in the pocketbook to pay them. He asked if, Maybe I, he said, maybe I need to be an ex-WWE guy for, for the boss man to give me my big payday. And they said, hey, Tony Khan, how about you fire me? I dare you to fire me. And then all of a sudden, the bleep, and his mic cut out, and I don't know exactly what he said. And then it just cuts to black after he's like, microphone. He's hitting the mic. Mic's shut off. It just cuts to black. And I'm just like, oh, damn. Oh, my damn. That was fantastic. And MJF's music hits, and there is a slight, like, pop, and then the rain of booze. But MJF said it in his promo. He's like, oh, you people you in the crowd here, you don't know anything. You're booing me, but I do hear some of you cheering. By the end of this, he was a god to this crowd. They couldn't cheer louder. They couldn't go crazier for MJF than they were going here in Los Angeles. Like this was wow. Wow, 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 crazy. Like this crowd, this man in one night became a baby face to this crowd. Like, oh, you're gonna tell it how it is. Oh, you don't give a shit. Oh. You want to go like this? Yeah, we like this. Now, I don't know if he's going to continue to cut promos like this every single week and for how long, but from what I'm understanding here is they took a real-life situation and turned it, excuse me, turned it into storyline. They took the real-life problems. I don't know if Tony and, and Max worked everything out and they're copacetic now, but they took what the issues really were in real life, these shoot issues, and turned them work. I'm under the belief that this was initially always a shoot, not a work until now. Now it is a work, which also was interesting because they did the stretcher job on Sunday, which leads me to believe that they maybe thought that MJF wouldn't be here tonight. And so maybe everything... Um, got, you know, worked out. Also, one thing I forgot to mention, he said that Tony Khan shouldn't be the one in the back over there running this company. He should be over there on the other side of the guardrail with you, Marks. I was like, oh, damn. Like, geez, this was something else. 
And so I sent out a tweet. Now, I want to read this tweet to you guys, how I tweeted it. And some people, I don't think, understood it. I said, MJF just told Tony Khan to fire him, and this crowd is going fucking nuts. When was the last time someone cut a promo with a crowd reaction like this? And I had a couple people going, whoa, where was the one? Hold on. Someone was like, uh, CM Punk done it, did it before, and Cena before that, and The Rock before that. And I was like, eh, no. So I don't think Cena's ever cut a promo where basically he went from the biggest heel in the world to, oh, he's a god to these people. And then someone goes, well, those three never name dropped another company except WCW. And then someone has, well, you know, some people in WWE have talked about TNA and AEW. That's not what my tweet was about. It wasn't about, oh, they name dropped WWE specifically. When he said two or three times, ex-WWE guys, you're ex-WWE guys. Do I have to be an ex-WWE guy to get the payday? And so I had a couple people, oh, it was only good because of the, they said uh, the WWE names and this and that. I'm like, that's not what my thing was about. It's like, who in recent memory has cut a promo like this that garnered this type of a reaction from the crowd? Nobody that I can think of. Not Roman Reigns. Not John Cena. Not The Rock anytime in recent history. Maybe back in the Attitude Era. Maybe against Hogan before 18. But I don't, this may be one of the best promos as far as promo itself, delivery, and how the crowd reacted and how they got the crowd to react. Wild. This was fantastic. And to this crowd in Los Angeles, he was the biggest baby face in the world, maybe bigger than CM Punk, I'm going to say it right here. And like I said, better than the punk, the punk pipe bomb. On all accounts, not just, oh, what he said was better. His delivery was better. The way the crowd reacted was better. I think, interestingly, though, if you go back and watch the Punk Pipe Bomb, I think, though, I, and I haven't watched it in a while, but I remember the crowd not really reacting big because I think they didn't understand how to react. I don't think that crowd, when, when CM Punk did the Pipe Bomb, knew how to react and they were kind of just like what is this guy talking about why is this guy what he just said Cabana? what huh i think they were more stunned than anything but this coming from mjf it's like oh this is an all-time great promo that's going to go down in the smithsonian as one of the best wrestling promos of all time if we get a a you know pro, pro wrestling hall of fame and like they've got a screen of the greatest promo of all time this is one of them on there this is one of them playing in that loop of greatest promos of all time, in my opinion. This was fan-frickin-tastic. So then we had Johnny Impact. They said Johnny Impact. Not Johnny Impact. Johnny Elite. They said Johnny Elite has signed a contract to challenge anybody or for anybody in AEW to challenge him. They didn't get a video of the one and only Miro. And unfortunately, his damn wife had to spoil this earlier in the day because she sent out a tweet that stated, suddenly want to go see hashtag AEW Dynamite tonight for some reason. And I'm like, oh, Miro's going to be on the show. Then I thought about it and I go, oh, he's taking on Johnny Elite. 
gotcha. So she kind of spoiled that one hours before the show, a couple hours before the show went on the air. So when it was Miro, I popped, but probably would have popped more if I didn't know that it was going to be him, basically. But Miro cut a promo. He said that he's come after everyone who separated him from his gold. He said his, his neck of sand has been repaired, and the Redeemer is back. Miro immediately took it into took it down uh, took it to Johnny and beat him down took him into the corner and beat him down even more he continued to dominate through a commercial break once back Johnny avoided a pump kick and landed excuse me, a high kick he kept up the offense with some springboard kicks and a running shooting star press but Miro kicked out a one Johnny hit a shining wizard and climbed to the top rope but Miro avoided the dive and hit a sign his signature kick the game over or his signature kick, and then the game over submission to pick up the victory as soon as he pulled them back. Johnny was tapping. Next up, the JAS, the Jericho Appreciation Society, cut a promo. There's a great video package recapping Anarchy in the Arena, which was, in my opinion, the best match of Double or Nothing. The live crowd... Got a near full rendition of Judas until Jericho goes, all right, you sang enough, cut it off. He was out there with Hager 2.0, but Garcia was absent because, well, he had to get ready for his match with Moxley in the main event. Parker spoke first, saying, hey, AEW Galaxy, did you see us dominate anarchy in the arena? He then demanded that the crowd appreciate them. You know, their, their whole shtick is they're just one rib on WWE, after another one, oh, WWE does this. We're going to change it up slightly so we can use it and make fun of them, which I'm kind of over. Menard then uh, showed his forearm, forehead stitches, said nobody does it better. Jericho said that the crowd doesn't deserve to sing Judas tonight. They deserve the Jericho Appreciation Society. Jericho said that winning that match was, wasn't without a price. Going through the list of all the trials and tribulations throughout the match, he questioned Eddie Kingston and Brian Danielson's humanity for their actions. He said, sports entertainers always win against pro wrestlers. And out came Eddie Kingston and William Regal. None of his friends were there, though. But he's fine with fighting them all right here on his own. He then said, but I want you guys one more time. Blood and guts. And Jericho didn't say anything. And he hands the mic over to Regal. And Regal goes, blood and guts. And I'm like, oh, no, it didn't work. It didn't work. I get what they were trying to do, but I don't know if it was Regal's delivery or because there was too many syllables for it to not sound as good. But this was supposed to be like when Regal in the day used to go, oh, games. But instead tonight, he just went, blood and guts. And I was like, oh, my heart sank a little bit because this is what we've been waiting for. Regal to yell blood and guts. He did it, but it just didn't have the same effect. It didn't have the same intensity, to be completely honest. He should have been like, blood and guts. But no, he was like, blood and guts. Like, oh, my, my, like I said, my heart sank a little bit because this just didn't have, what's, what, what do you say, the impact than it used to back in the day when Regal would yell war games in NXT. Kingston then ran down to the ring, but was immediately beaten down by the JAS. Ortiz then attacked Jericho from behind with the, the sock and the ball or whatever you want to call it. Uh, he beat down Jericho and then cut off some of Jericho's hair. 
Jericho was livid and said, you know what, Kingston? I accept your blood and guts challenge on one condition. I want Ortiz in a hair versus hair match. Ortiz pulled his hair down and goes, yeah, I got you. I'll take you on. Yeah, let's do it. Jericho goes, I'm going to shave your head. Or he goes, I'm going to beat Ortiz, shave Ortiz, and burn Ortiz. Because I'm a wizard. And so, AEW then later on in the show, actually at the very end of the show, showed this graphic, which you got to put some little context to it. They showed this graphic on the screen. Pull it up here. And do you notice what's wrong with it? Because this match is supposed to be taking place before Blood and Guts on June 29th. Well, it said July 15th. Well, if you look at the calendar, there is no July 15th on a Wednesday. So this is actually June 15th. June 15th in St. Louis. So there's a little clarification. Road Rager, hair versus hair, St. Louis, June 15th, not July 15th. But we do have Blood and Guts official Wednesday, June 29th. From the Little Caesars Arena, it is AEW's uh, Michigan debut. As we move forward here, um, they showed a video of Samoa Joe that I didn't see. Must have just been a social media video or something. Uh, Samoa Joe was interviewed backstage. This was after Double or Nothing. He was being interviewed when Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and Satin M. Singh showed up and beat him up because they were like, I think it was uh, Alex Marvez was like, so how's the shoulder doing, Joe? He's like, the shoulder's going to be fine. And then he gets attacked. Wrap the shoulder around his arm. They smack him up against some equipment boxes. And basically, they injure the shoulder even more. So next up, we had a 10-man tag team match. And Adam Cole's music played. And they go, well, that's cool. Adam Cole's injured. Can't compete right now. But this is cool. He came out with, with Fish O'Reilly and Hikaleo and then joined commentary. So this was the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, Red Dragon, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, and Hikaleo. They said that Adam Cole called his old buddy Jay White to get a replacement in Hikaleo. Uh, they took on the team of Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, Christian Cage, Matt Hardy, and Darby Allen, who they said Jeff Hardy picked specifically himself as his replacement. This match, fully action-packed. Fully action-packed. Fun, and I also think it did set up, you know, where the tag team champions are going to be going next. The Jungle Boy and O'Reilly started off the match, and then Fish and Christian tagged in. Just about everybody were in the match at one point. Got brief moments to tag in and out. Jungle Boy took Fish down to the floor with a great Hurricane Rana. Then Christian landed a top rope headbutt for a two. Match broke down into a brawl. Darby hit his insane suicide dive. And Luchasaurus landed an Orihara moonsault. Nick dove onto everybody ahead of a commercial break. Dennis Booted Elite beat down Christian through commercial. But a double reverse DDT allowed him to reach Luchasaurus for the hot tag. Dinosaur ran wild on everybody, knocking them all down before Jungle Boy hopped off his back with a running destroyer. Then Luchasaurus hit a standing moonsault for a two. Nicoleo finally tagged in for the first time for a cool face-off with Luchasaurus, two big men. They had simultaneous clotheslines leading to Darby and O'Reilly tagging in. Uh, Darby gave a coffin splash to O'Reilly and Fish before hitting the float over Stunner. Darby went for the coffin drop on Hikaleo on the outside, but the big man caught him, and Red Dragon hit an assisted brainbuster on the floor. 
Hardy then tagged in and drove everybody's face into the turnbuckle. He hit the twist of fate on Hikaleo, and Christian took the big man out with a running spear. We've got a parade of big moves here to finish things off with a superkick party from the Bucks. Red Dragon hit the high-low on Christian as the Bucks hit the Melter Driver on Jungle Boy to pick up the victory. So to me, it looks like the Young Bucks are going to get back in contention and challenge Jurassic Express for the tag titles. Had Swerve and Keith Lee being interviewed in the back. Swerve had an entourage of people with him saying that he was, quote, on his mogul stuff right now. Lee said gold would soon be theirs. Also, Keith Lee, I don't know if it's a new shirt or not, wearing a Swerve and Lee shirt. Cool looking shirt. Athena then spoke. Bonnie welcomed her to AEW. Athena talked about confronting Jade Cargill. Even though Jade's undefeated, all streaks were meant to be broken. And she plans on breaking Jade's. Athena started going on through her nicknames, but was uh, interrupted by Jade and the baddies, along with Stokely Hathaway. Hathaway said it was a shame that Athena interrupted them a double or nothing. She said Jade is a queen, and a, or he said Jade is a queen and a goddess, as well as a TBS champion. Jade then said that the title shot, it ain't happening. It ain't happening. Kira Hogan then stepped up and exchanged words with Athena as Anna Jay and Chris Statlander also came out to kind of even the odds. Hathaway then demanded security separate them. And this don't need to happen right now. This will be leading to on Friday, Kira Hogan versus Athena in Athena's first AEW match. The Wardlow came out with no security detail per the stipulation from Double or Nothing and a remix of his old theme. He took on J.D. Drake in a Pretty good match. It was, well, a Wardlow match. Wardlow leveled Drake with a lariat before planting him on a slam. There was then the Powerbomb Symphony. Only two Powerbombs this week. And then he picked up the victory. Not much to it. Out would then come Smart Mark Sterling. Shabrani was about to interview Wardlow when he came out to the ring flanked by security. He said that he needed to serve Wardlow with a class action lawsuit on behalf of the security workers that he has attacked over the last month or so. Wardlow powerbombed one of the security guys that gave him the, the I guess you could say, the, the documentations, the, sir, the papers. Powerbombed the guy, ripped up the papers, and threw him off. Dan Lambert, along with the Men of the Year, cut a promo backstage. They said Dante Martin has potential, but he won't have enough potential this week when he challenges Scorpio Sky for the TNT Championship. Dante then walked up. And was like, oh, you don't believe in me? You don't think that I got enough to beat you? Well, I'm going to show you exactly what I can do this Friday on Rampage. Then we had, oh boy, a WWE match. I'm just going to say it right now. Ruby Soho and Tony Storm against Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. And this was complete WWE booking. Basically, oh, Britt got the big win at the pay-per-view, right, right, right? Oh, but Ruby's got to get her win back, like, immediately. 50-50 booking, and the match itself was just kind of basic. Nothing great. A lot of, ooh, the heel team almost messed up a couple of times when they tried to, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it. Storm and Baker started off the match, and Storm was a house of fire, forcing Baker to tag out the hater. Soho came in as well, and Hater, ba uh, Hater and Baker worked together to establish control with Baker, giving her a neck breaker off the apron to the floor ahead of a commercial break. <clears throat> Once back, 
Soho hit a back suplex and reached Storm for the hot tag. She ran wild on both opponents till Hater countered a Tornado DDT with a DDT of her own on the floor. Soho took out Hater with a diving crossbody, and then Baker came in with a, sliding, a sling blade on Soho. Back inside the ring, Storm took out Baker with a German, and Hater smashed Soho with a backbreaker. Baker hit a butterfly suplex on Soho, but was rolled up for a two. Soho hit the no future for a near fall. Baker hung on after the kickout and put the glove on for the lockjaw. She tried to cradle out of it, but an assist from Hater gave Baker a cradle for a near fall. Baker then hit a swinging neckbreaker on Soho. Miscommunication between Hater and Baker led to Soho hitting the destination unknown and picking up the victory. Not pinning Jamie Hater, no. Getting that win over Britt Baker. Like, not only, oh, well, Ruby's got to get her win back, so we'll have her pin Jamie. No, she pinned Britt, which is even more WWE. Like, that's total WWE booking. Hater then attacked both Soho and Storm with the Owen Hart Cup belt. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but when Rip Baker was making her way to the ring, did I hear them say she may have to defend the belt? I may have heard it wrong. Let me know in the chat or the comments below if you're watching later. But it made no sense, A, that Ruby won. Like, are they building Ruby up for something? I don't know. And it really made no sense that Ruby pinned Britt. Britt just got the win. Looking good being that, you know, queen of hearts, as they called her. And then it was all for what? To get pinned here? That's straight up 50-50 WWE style booking. I didn't like it. So we got some announcements like Battle of the Belts will be taking place on August 5th. Battle of the Belts 3 will be taking place on August 5th from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, this week on Rampage, Athena will be taking on Kira Hogan. The Young Bucks will be taking on the Lucha Bros. And Scorpio Sky will defend the TNT Championship against Dante Martin. Also, surprisingly, next week, Hangman will be taking on David Finley. And I think it was Jim Ross, after Excalibur said it, goes, Whoa, David Finley, really? Like, that match is going to be really fun. I can't wait for next week, Hangman versus Finley. This is going to be fun. So we had John Moxley versus Daniel Garcia. Chris Jericho and William Regal both joined commentary. Uh, Mike Nguyen, I don't want WWE. He said, I'll show your, your chat here. You say you want uh, you want too much dumbass WWE. I know I don't want it to be like WWE. That's why I said this was not the right move to do. It was too much like WWE and the wrong way to book it. Like if, if, like, Ruby winning, cool, but she shouldn't have pinned Britt. Anyways. Moxley had the upper hand early in this match, beating Garcia down. Garcia would try to fire back with some fists, but Moxley had the power and stamina advantage. Moxley went for the paradigm shift, but Garcia drove him out of the ring and sent him into the steel steps and then kicked them into Moxley's leg. Also, by this point, Moxley's, like, stitches on his forehead busted back open. Moxley just, just, just faced... Yeah, completely busted. Moxley's, um, after commercial break, Garcia hit an avalanche suplex for a two. Moxley countered a sharpshooter attempt and hit an X-plex on Garcia onto the steel steps. Garcia landed right on his shoulder, bounced off the steps, and I go, this man ain't getting back up for a while. 
And then this fucker just gets right back up after about a minute, if even that. And I go, holy crap, Daniel Garcia ain't a real person. There's no way he got up like that. Well, I mean, he did, so there's a way. But it, I was shocked how quickly he got back up. Because the way he landed that landed off that X-Plex onto the steps and bounced, that looked like it hurt so bad. But back in the ring, Moxley hit a top rope butterfly suplex for a near fall. He landed an anvil elbow and went for a rear naked choke, but Garcia rolled out and laid in some elbows of his own. Garcia applied a rear naked choke, but Moxley rolled through and applied an arm bar. Garcia wrestled out of it and forced Moxley to the ropes with the submission. Out of nowhere, Moxley got a cradle for a near fall and hit a German suplex. Garcia returned fire with one of his own and hit a straight pile driver for a near fall. Moxley fought out of a sharpshooter attempt and they traded strikes in the ring. Outside of the ring, Garcia hopped on Moxley's back and they fell backwards over the timekeeper's area. When Excalibur let us know, we've just been informed by TBS that we have been given an overrun and allowed to go as long as we need for the remainder of this match. Jericho would then run down to cause the distraction of Moxley, but Moxley hit the paradigm shift and applied a bulldog choke as Eddie Kingston ran down, attacked Jericho from behind and beat him down. Moxley eventually picked up the victory and Kingston got in the ring with him. Moxley then grabbed the mic and he's like, hey, Eddie, you're a hard man to get in touch with, but if you want blood and guts, count me in. We do know now that Eddie Kingston will have Moxley on his team. I assume he's got Santana and Ortiz, and, well, even though there were tension between the two at double or nothing, one would assume it's going to be uh, Danielson as well. And now, speaking of Daniel Garcia, like, this man, what, um... four, maybe five years ago, was in such a bad car accident that he was told that he'll probably never walk again. Walk again. And now he's like having just fantastic match after fantastic match with top wrestlers in the world. With some of the top wrestlers in the world. Like, if you don't think this man's double tough, he's triple tough. Also, like I said, they also told us that Road Rager is not July 15th, but June 15th in two weeks, and then Blood and Guts will be after that in four weeks. Then the show went off the air. Four minutes past the top of the hour. Same four minutes. So last time they got an overrun, they went four minutes. Basically, they needed the overrun to have Moxley say, I'm in for Blood and Guts. But that, ladies and gentlemen, was AEW Dynamite. Oh, God, my foot is itching like crazy. Still not fully. Uh oh, uh oh. That's why it's itching. That was cracked. All oh, that that stings now. All right, I'm gonna have to take care of this foot. Ooh, but with that, we'll finish this podcast though. But with that, I'll I'll fight through the pain because this really really hurts. But anyways, that's what I thought of tonight's AEW Dynamite. Now I want to know what you guys thought of tonight's AEW Dynamite. Remember, you can. Put a super chat in the YouTube chat. You can text us to 510-906-1341. But before we do all that, we got to check polls. Got to check the polls. As far as the Twitch poll does go, 83% like the show, with 17% saying that the show was just all right. As far as the, let's see, bum.
Twitter poll. There we go. Yeah, what's up? Our Twitter poll does go 85 or 81.5 percent like the show. 11 percent thought it was just all right, and seven and a half percent did not like dynamite. As far as the YouTube poll does go, 84 percent basically the same thing. 84 percent like the show. 12% thought it was just all right, and 5% did not like Dynamite. Um, Chris says, could Athena be the one to end Jade Cargill's Ring of Terror? I think she'll challenge, but I don't think she'll beat Jade, no. I think Dynamite did good tonight. I think MJS Pipe Bomb was the best ever. Also, do you see the Young Bucks getting a future AEW Tag Team Championship someday soon? Yes, I do think the Bucks, after they pinned Jungle Boy tonight, are getting the next tag title shot. Or he says, where was the House of Black? Just not here. You had too much stuff on the show. You couldn't fit anything else. Not everybody's going to be on every show, unfortunately. And you got such a big roster and such little TV time. Not everybody can be on every show. Chris says AEW Dynamite did a good job tonight. Keep the amazing worth, PW Unlimited. What AEW next with MJF? That's the big question. This promo he cut left so many things open to where I can't predict. I have no clue what they're going to do next with MJF. And this person says, where do you see the Mac stuff going now that he's turned has turned it into a work? Again, I don't know. But I think just more promos of, I want out, I want out, I want out, I want out. And then him being like, oh, you're going to book me for a match? And then he was just like, use the ring. Here's what I think they should be doing. He wants out of his contract so bad that if he gets booked in a match, you got to book him against guys like Peter Avalon and J.D. Drake and Serpentico for all of this. Well, you book him in matches with guys like that, and all he does is put the ring on, Punch the guy in the face and go, disqualify me. I don't even want to do the match. Tony Khan, fire me for about a month and see where that leads to. About four, three to four matches of that and see where that leads to. But that's what I think he should do. Just as soon as his match starts, put the ring right on, punch the guy in the face and tell the ref, you're going to DQ me? Is that a disqualification? Okay. Huh. Tony Khan, fire me or it's more of this. I mean, working matches. I think that's how they should do it. I think that would be a good way to do it. And this person says, did you see Denise Salcedo's tweet that after CM Punk came out that CM Punk came out after MJF's promo and he left through the crowd? No, I did not see that. I did not see that at all. But with that, guys, that's going to wrap it up. I thought tonight's AEW Dynamite was fantastic. A great show. One of the best Dynamites we've ever seen. And probably one of the best first hours of a Dynamite ever in the last three, two and a half years that they've been running Dynamite. But with that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And Twitter.com forward slash PWUnlimited. I'll see you back Friday morning on Twitch for the wrestling wrap-up. Have a great night. Have a great rest of your week. I'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.